0: Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the well Start Health Coach Training Academy, and you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Davis, and I'm joined by the other one.
0: Howard Jacobson. How are you doing today, Howie? Tired. Tired, but... Um... Hang, hanging in there, and uh, I've, I've instituted a couple of new food rules for myself. Yeah, um, yeah, that are uh, and you know s- saying them out loud helps. Uh, I just have to remember what they are. Well, what, what one of them is is like white white flour pastas were creeping into my diet because we have all these beautiful basil plants, and so there's. There's pesto and other people in my household eat it. So I had to make a rule about no. Um, yeah. And the other one is I stop eating by five o'clock and then I brush my uh, teeth so I don't feel like eating anymore.
1: Oh, I love the brush your teeth trick. It's like the best way to to ensure that I'm going to stop eating.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great example of an incompatible behavior. Yeah. Because people, you know, we ask people like, "Well, what are you going to do?" And they'll say, "Well, I won't do something. I won't do this. Right. I won't go on Instagram." And of course, the impulse is there, and it's always conditioned and triggered by something. So, unless you have another path to follow, it's it's almost impossible to simply refrain. Right. Yeah.
1: No, you know, it's interesting because, like, you know, we're just talking about, hey, what's going on with Howie? and the topic that you kind of, you know, are brushing the the edge of there is what I wanted to talk about today was to to talk with you about what to do when clients aren't taking action and mm-hmm. some tactics that we can do to get them moving on stuff. And, you know, you basically said right there, hey, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do was to stop eating, you know, as late in the evening and instead of having to take action in a way of not doing something, you found a trigger you know a, a method that's gonna stop you kind of automatically
0: right but way. yeah, but I do have a whole bunch of things that are in that other category like I'm just yeah. not doing them now I happen not to be working with a coach on any of them and like that's the first clue like I know a lot of coaches <laughs> right I've trained a lot of coaches and I've been trained by a lot of coaches so there's a lot of people I could call up and say, help me with this. So, there, you know, yeah. like there's an initial um, impetus to action that very often hiring a coach or working with a coach or joining a program is already the thing that gets people moving. But I, we see all the right. time that people, they, you know, they get excited. They're exci- But you know what? Oh, I didn't realize how busy I was going to be. I read your sales letter and it looked exciting. I read your book and I really bonded with you. But... Yeah. Week after week, I'm not really doing anything. And as coaches, we can get really frustrated. And and as clients, they can they they don't understand. So, yeah, so I I would love to talk about what we can what we can do, because there's the main thing as coaches or as consultants, the main definition is we have zero power. Right. Right. If I'm your manager, I have power. If I'm your spouse, I have power, right? Mm. I have the power to make your life better or worse. Well, and and in fact,
1: you know, part of that is because of how we define coaching and, and what we're trying to, you know, the way we're trying to explain it here and to teach to people is to take away our power purposefully, even when they want to give us that power and put it on us. Part of our purpose is Look, this is something that they need to do, and they need to have some autonomy here. And if we have that power, then we're actually taking away. We may help them today, but we're not helping them down the road.
0: Right, right. Um, so, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Like, what when you work with people, or when you have been the person we're being worked with, and you don't take action? Like, you, you, we do a good coaching session, we come up with the. You know, we identify the options. We choose an option, and they contract. And we say, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do," and then they come back in a week or two, and they haven't done it. What What are some of the things you see that are causal of that? So, before we try to solve the problem, let's try to see if we can diagnose it accurately.
1: Yeah, not enough fast assessments. All
0: right, (laughs) have we talked (laughs) about fast assessments yet?
1: I I don't know if we have on here, but you know, anybody that we've worked with, so. Fast assessments—it's um, <laughs> something that we always make uh, clients do. Uh, you know, and especially there was a time when it when a lot of the clients were gone. Just they knew automatically how he's going to ask them if they've done a fast assessment <laughs> as right. soon as they bring something up. What that is is just a way of having them stop and look at what happened in a current or in a in a situation can be good, can be negative. So let's say the plan was. I'm going to stop eating at 5 p.m. this week. And, and, you know, the client, or let's say Howie's the client here, Howie comes back and he says, hey, I didn't do it. We could ask, Howie, let's go to that moment. Did you do a fast assessment? Can you, can you discuss what you were feeling, acting, sensing, thinking, all of the things that were going on for you in the moment when you went ahead and ate even though it was after 5
0: OK, and yeah, so the, what what that can do is it turns the failure into information. Yeah, All right. because fa- failures are failures when we don't profit from them. And right. when we when we just sort yeah. of let it go by.
1: Right. Well, you know, it probably helps that my background is is in exercise so much but I love to think of this stuff as building muscles for whatever we're trying to do. Um, So to me, that moment where you eat after five or whatever the the case may be, it's an opportunity to build the stop eating at five muscle. Mm. And so that fast assessment, you know, if you were to just leave it alone and not even think about it and just blow past it and be disappointed in yourself and, and continue on, and you don't grow out of that, you don't get any strength out of it, but doing the fast assessment, now you go, okay, I, you know, I, I ate after five, I was not able to, you know, compare it to a squat, right? I wasn't able to squat that much weight, you know? So what can I do to make it a little bit easier for myself, but still challenging to help build that muscle? So I'm prepared to stop eating at five in the future.
0: Hmm. Right. But in a lot of ways, though, it can feel like somebody goes to the gym every day, walks through the door, swipes their card, heads straight for the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then walks out and they're like, no, I'm, I still can't lift that weight. And they're like, well, right. duh, you're not trying to lift the weight. Yeah. So like, you didn't
1: even get under the bar.
0: <laughs> so, what, one of the things that I ask people to do is, you know, we're always going for perfection. Right. We're aiming for perfection, because only when you aim for perfection can you learn from your deviation from perfection. So in other words, if I'm if I want to learn to shoot arrows and I just sort of take, you know, I'm I'm pantomiming for for the audio listeners, like drawing back (laughs) the bow and and letting it go and not even looking like just behind me, um, I can do that a thousand times and I won't receive any feedback on the gap between aim and outcome. And so we ask people to, to aim for perfection always and then use the gap, the difference, the delta between perfection and what they do to learn from. And so, right. so that's like the rule is if you, you never let a mistake go by. But I frequently work with people who who let mistakes go by all the time. And they're like, oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot to do the fast assessment. Yeah, I didn't really feel like it. And just you know, for people who have no idea, fast assessment is something we got from Peter Bregman, um, who is one of my coach teachers, and it stands for what were you feeling? How were you acting? And we changed it a little bit. To the S is what were you sensing in your body, like a, a physical sensation? And the T is what were you thinking? So basically a, a, a slow down and freeze frame of that moment where you made one choice and could have made a different one. So so when people um don't do fast assessments, what do we do? Do it for them. Okay. Yeah, in in the moment, <laughs> so, we'll take them through it in the coaching session.
1: Yeah. Well, and so often for for myself, again, you know, we've talked about this. Like I do a lot of the, the kind of text. I'm emailing with people or texting with people. And so it's kind of a slower process, but I, you know, I, I am there to kind of nudge them and remind them to do it the next time. But I also try to ask them to take me back to that moment, even if it's not going to be a true, you know, in the moment, fast assessment to try and have them take me back and, and describe the moment or give me, uh, you know, the movie. If you if you were to show me the movie of that moment, like what happened, what was around you, even if they're details that you don't think are relevant. All
0: right. Now, so, something else. So if someone is resisting the fast assessment, there's two things I do. Mm-hmm. One is and I discovered this um, late. Yeah. <laughs> um, is I start giving them fast assessments that, I, that are um, like fun fasts yeah. like to do a fast assessment on something you did well so that we're associating the practice with pleasure and not only with, uh, with the fail, with the failure and the shame of it.
1: So it's not, oh, God, fast assessment, no.
0: <laughs> right. We, we were hearing, um, you know, AFA, A-F-F-A, another yeah. fucking fast assessment.
1: From, All the time. <laughs> from our coaching
0: clients at Wellstart. I was like, oh, God, I got to do this. You know, so it was like, you know. Okay, he's going to make me clean the floor with a with a toothbrush again. It was just unpleasant. (laughs) So begin by associating it with pleasant things like great. You, you know, tell me about a time you succeeded. Great. Let's freeze frame there. All right. The second thing I'll do is much more meta, which is so the person has not done their fast assessments and they're feeling a little bad about it. And I'll bring it up like, well, let's do one now. And you see their face. And you hear their tone of voice, like, OK, and what, we'll, what I'll do is do a fast assessment on the doing of a fast assessment as in, OK, Kevin, when I just said to do a fast assessment, what happened? What did you feel? Yeah, cr-
1: what were you thinking? Felt tight. I felt pressured.
0: Yeah. And what was the thought that went through your head? Fuck, no, <laughs> yeah.
1: not another one of these. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, you know, what it brings up then is, is that feeling of, like I said, sort of pressure, sort of shame that, that, you know, that where this is going is that, that you've not done something, um, or, the, or particularly when we were only doing them on negative situations,
0: yeah.
1: that would be the case
0: yeah so one thing the fast assessment can do is can reframe the not done something to <clears throat> I tried something and now I'm going to learn from it so it can take a little bit of the sting out
1: um, yeah the the term you know turn a bad day into good data is always uh it's it's kind of a mantra that we repeat over and over again and, and it really does I mean you know it takes that uh you know sort of failure, right, that that lack of doing what we set out to do and turns it into something to learn and grow from. It's 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 a scientific experiment, really. Right. And what is science other than coming up with ideas, trying them out, failing a thousand times until we succeed with something that that is incredibly helpful,
0: right? Absolutely. So the fast assessment is like the principal tool for avoiding the two unhelpful responses to a failure. Right. One unhelpful response is to ignore it. And the other unhelpful response is to beat yourself up over it. So the fast assessment becomes the tool for curiosity and generative creativity. So when people aren't doing it, we practice with them in the session. We ask them to do it and we practice with them to do it over something good. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people still (laughs) Uh, don't get any traction with us. Uh, yeah. So what one of the things so what, what, you said something earlier that I just want to highlight about this idea of the muscle, like if you can't do the squat with this much weight, then try it with less yeah. weight. So right. frequently, the reason people aren't doing something is because they are type A overachievers. And the thing they said they can do is actually beyond their capability. But they're saying it out of uh, you know, to d- a desire to impress you out of a desire to impress themselves of out of a desire to live up to an identity. Mm. Um, so very, striving
1: for perfection.
0: Yeah, very, very often we have to give people permission and explicitly <laughs> instruct them to lower the bar way the hell down. So if they can't, you know, all right, so you're not doing like you know, people and people don't want to give up the things they can't do. It's like, no, no, this week I'll do it. This week I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna and we see this in Well Start comments in the forum you know, all the time that people you know, what's your daily do? I'm really gonna focus this week. Yeah. All right. As opposed so when we give them permission to like, okay, you have failed at this thing for six weeks. Let's find something you can succeed at. And after a certain amount of time, they they often come around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, oftentimes it's like they want to not only set a bar high, but set too many bars too high at the same time. You know, there are several aspects of, of changes that you can make for life change. You know, there's there's all the all of the aspects of movement, all of the aspects of, of mindset work, all of the aspects of food and sleep and all these things that you can work on. And if you try to set yourself a high bar in every single one of those categories on day one, that's a lot to do.
0: Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you know? a, yeah, that's a, That's a symptom. Of, it's a type of fixed mindset where mm. what I want to do is be something as opposed to become something.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that right. term for it too—the becoming something.
0: Yeah. So you know, again, so it's a—it's uh, an invitation for people to to explore their own motivation, and we hear it when we coach people. We'll hear in their language uh, their resistance to not being good at something. Right. right. Uh, well, the
1: thing that keeps coming up for me when you talk about the you know the striving for for too high of a bar is just letting people know that it's okay to be a C student, Mm -hmm. right? They're they're all striving for an A plus 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 and do everything 100% perfectly. Uh, the reality is what C's earn degrees, right? Isn't that the the saying, (laughs) um, you know, become a C student and, and you're on the upward trend, you're improving. It may not be as fast of an improvement as 100% perfect, But it's achievable and it's a great place to start. And it's and it's going to be a long term success.
0: Right. Yeah. I would I would say, like, the main thing that I see that that keeps people from getting traction, from taking any any sort of action, you know, Mm -hmm. even they're even they're not even generating failures. Right. They're just sort of in stasis. Is they're too busy? They have they have other things in their lives. And this is not a priority. Right. And so one of the things I will do after a certain amount of time. So I will feel my own gorge rise like I will feel my mm-hmm. frustration with them. And I am self-aware enough most of the time to not like leak it out. But that will be a signal for me to be a little bit bold and to challenge them for the for their own sake and for my sake as well as a coach who's wasting his time. And it's all right. so sometimes I'll say, listen, um, it's possible that this isn't that important to you, mm-hmm. right? which is which is a nice form of permission, because if I'm the coach, then obviously I think this was the most important thing in their life. Yeah. Right. So to say, is it possible that this just isn't that important? And sometimes they will you know, fight back, in which case you've got a whole new um, barrel of, of energy to work mm-hmm. from. Well, why is it important? And then we can help then talk them you know, into choosing something reasonable as a as a low hanging fruit. Or they'll say, yeah, you know, it kind of isn't like, you know, so to be a C student, me like you want to get an A in life. Right. And, right. That, and that means if you try to get an A plus in every aspect of your life, you are optimizing mostly the wrong things.
1: Yeah, All right.
0: there's a there's a saying um, in sort of, you know, sort of like Jocko Willink and tough guy, like, you know, excellence in everything people that you know, are like Jordan Peterson. Like how you do anything is how you do everything. Like, you know, yeah. if you want to be an excellent person, then the way you brush your teeth, the way you wash a dish, it's all got to be with everything you've got. And there's some truth to not wanting to get into the habits of sloppiness and absence mm-hmm. and lack of focus. But my God, if you're trying to be the best at everything, then you're not making dis- discerning choices about the priorities in your life.
1: Right. Or you're not sleeping,
0: <laughs> right, in which case you're, you're getting an F in sleep. In sleep, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so to help, one way to help people is, that, OK, they are really busy. This isn't their top priority. But neither is brushing their teeth, their top priority, but they do it anyway. And they, they do it at a level that is satisfying as opposed to optimizing so we can work with them to what, let's satisfy your health. I know you see me you I wrote a book. You think I'm you know at this level and I need you to be at this level. You know, what level can you sustain? And once you get there, of course, that will increase your capacity to sustain other levels as well.
1: I think that's a a kind of a a good point there, too, is you're kind of giving them permission to find a level that is realistic and start there. I mean, you know, I I like to use the example if it comes to that uh, discussion of what happened with myself, you know, losing the weight and making these lifestyle changes. I didn't just go from where I was at to where I'm at now overnight. It was... Okay, initially, I, you know, started walking, I started making minimal changes to my diet, then three months later, I added a little more, and I did a little more activity. And, and it was, so there's these stages of improvement that get you to the place you want to be. And just giving the permission that, you know, for example, we obviously work with people a lot on, on a whole foods plant based diet, you don't have to go 100% whole foods plant based no anything other than that on day one, and in fact, maybe your goal never is to be 100 percent. Maybe you're going to have some oil or, or some whatever that thing is. You know what I mean? Let's, you know, let you choose that. But uh, day one certainly is not the time where you have to be at your ideal.
0: Yeah. So as coaches, I think one of the things that's very useful for us to do early on is to tell our clients that this is not school, mm-hmm. right? that we yeah. are not their teachers. Right. Because I remember like I, I was a grade grubber, so I needed to get good grades mm-hmm. through you know, high school, college. And one of the ways you get good grades is by fooling the teacher into thinking that their class is the most important class in your life. Right. And they all think that. Right. right? Like in high school, yeah. none of them ever talked to each other. They all gave us too much homework. Mm-hmm. And so we all had to decide, like, which one are we going to phone in? Which one are we going to be OK getting a poor grade in? Which one? do we really care about like we're going to study this even, you know, even after we've gotten the A, we're so interested in it. And so like we have to, you know, as a coach, people bring all their past relationships to it, and for a lot of them, it's like, oh, you're like the teacher. You're teaching me how to do a thing. And so there's all sorts of permissions we can give people like like in school. Teachers don't want kids to cheat to get good grades. Mm-hmm. We want our clients to cheat the hell out of everything, right? Whatever works, whatever gets you the results you want is totally legal. Work with a friend, call a friend, have a meal delivery service, like whatever, right? There's no <laughs> extra points for extra effort.
1: Uh, um, you know, and when, when you're talking about this school or this working with a teacher analogy, the thing that comes to mind for me is the concept that in school, you know, you're like you said, being a grade grubber, you're, you know, you're trying to get a grade on a test and so you can just cram it in and, and just really bust your butt for a week or a few hours and pass that test and then forget everything and just brain dump, <laughs> And that's kind of the opposite of what we want to do as well. You know, we want people to take their time. If you need, you know, instead of having the test be a week from now, and you just cram it all in. If you need a year instead of a week, that's great if you really learn it and instill it and can continue that knowledge or, that or, or you know, that benefit on throughout the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, I just felt like pulling off my calculator and calculating how many hours I spent learning stuff in school, <laughs> so including graduate school, that was like 20 years of, let's yeah. say, you know what, five hours a day of of education, 180 days, less than less than college and grad school. But like how many tens of thousands of hours, 20,000 hours. And I can read, I can do math, but I don't remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I took history classes. I took uh, biology classes. I don't have any content knowledge. Right. From from any of those experiences. And <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, the process knowledge is the important stuff.
1: Was I say, yeah, because in a way that overall learning that you did for all those years taught you how to learn and taught you how to do certain things. And that's kind of what we're really driving at as a coach is we're trying to teach our clients how to maintain a healthy lifestyle, you know, not how to recite a bunch of information about how many calories are in a gram of protein or you know what I mean, right. whatever those facts might be.
0: Right. So yeah, that brings one one other thing. Like I was a school teacher for for many years. And I hated grades. I hated grading. I hated giving grades because it turned it turned a pure activity of seeking mm-hmm. knowledge and improved self-improvement into a game in which people were trying to, you know, get by. And so I, I was the um, eighth grade commencement speaker at the, at the private day school where I taught for the, the year after college. And I talked about I want education to be more like ultimate Frisbee. So ultimate Frisbee was invented in my high school, Columbia High School, Maplewood, New Jersey in the late 60s, and it was like the hippiest sport ever. So one, one of the stipulations was there's, there's a rule called spirit of the game which means if everyone's not having fun and being respectful, the game is not a legal game. Like you can't go and like be angry at each other and be nice. trying to win above the pleasure of the game. The second rule was there are no referees, no lines people, the players call their own fouls. Right. So if like if you're, you know, yeah. let's say basketball, you're driving and I foul you you know in a, in a real basketball game with referees I'm going to try to do it so I can get away with it with no referees yeah. I have to call it and in ultimate frisbee if you foul people you know and they can call it too but if you're arguing a lot you're 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 ostracized you know you're you're seen as right. a... and so this idea of like call your own fouls was so important to me as an educator like show me your mistakes so we can fix them rather than trying to brush you know brush them over comb them over hide them so that you walk out into the world with these deficits and so for me coaching is all that helping people you know call their own fouls
1: yeah oh that's good
0: no. makes like me, that. now makes me, my wheels are turning here <laughs> makes me miss ultimate frisbee which i haven't played in since february since nobody can touch anybody anymore no,
1: you're like the grand wizard of the Universe or something in it, right? Ah. Isn't that the tournament? Tournament to decide the Grand Wizard of? Oh Ultimate well, we, well, we're the uh, Great
0: Grandmasters because just because we're so old.
1: A grand Wizard, that's what
0: I said. Yeah, <laughs> this is not this is not a uh, racial hate group. The, this, exactly. this is a frisbee team. You're, you're the Gandalf
1: of uh, yeah,
0: Ultimate Frisbee, right? <laughs> All right, uh, I, th- I think we've. uh do you have anything, any any final thoughts where we put this one to no, bed? No, actually, I, I,
1: I kind of love the, the ending point there because you really did kind of um, put some thoughtful uh, uh, insight there at the end that, that maybe people can think about and, and give us a little feedback on.
0: How you know, about gl-
1: Facebook I'm... or shoot us an email? or?
0: Yeah, I'm glad I got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> I thought this, a whole, this whole conversation was going to be shit, but then at the end, you uh, you saved it. <laughs> It came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. People, you know, email, text, uh, Facebook, comment on yeah, the we, blog. Yeah, we'd love
1: to hear from you, the, the, the comments. Yeah. We'll have it on the website where you can where you can comment and discuss, and uh, we'd love to hear any feedback. and And again, as we've said before, any questions that you've got or topics that you'd like to hear for other future episodes would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, and if you just so, forward this to 256 other people, and each of them forward to 256 other people, that's like 65,000 people. So that'd be great.
1: That's a lot of counting.
0: It's a good <laughs> thing Howard has his uh, calculator out.
1: <laughs> so. So uh, I guess that means forward it to 256 people, and and we will say thank you next time.
0: Yeah. Or, or one, <laughs> one is good too.
1: Yes, anyone you can share it with or 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 uh, pass it along to it would be wonderful.
0: Cool. So
1: right. thanks so much for listening for everybody that stuck around with us through through this whole thing, <laughs> and uh, we will we will talk to you next week.
0: Cool. Take care. Thanks, Howard. I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, et cetera, who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.